Welcome back to the Nitty Gritty. We are back with a very special Canadian man, <laughs> a Canadian man who does walkaboots. Walkaboots. <laughs> I'm excited for you guys to hear the story of the walkaboots. Um, Bill Brady. Bill Brady from Trumi Wireless. What is Trumi Wireless? It's a smartphone that grows with your kids. <laughs> that wasn't an ad either. That's actually a great sl- Wait, is that really their slogan? So it says on the it's, No, that's pretty good. On the website. This story is amazing. Um, this was a referral from our good friend, the modern dad, yep. and Sarah Kimmel. And Sarah, both right? the same day. Both the same, really? Yeah. So it is a new technology for your kids, cell phones for your kids, but as cool as the technology in the phone is, I think Bill's cooler. And I think there's going to be some a, cool stuff coming. Yeah, he's a very interesting man. So you're going to like this one. Enjoy it. We love you. And know that he gave us a code. So if, if oh, yeah. listening to it, you want to buy a phone, if you use the code nitty gritty, then you get 50 bucks off, which is awesome. That's actually... That's a lot. That's the biggest discount I think we've ever had because it ends up being like 20% on the most expensive phone mm-hmm. and like 30% on... yeah. Yeah, so no, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a big discount. So, and you'll want to get one of these phones after. Yeah, if you've got if you've got kids and you want them to have phones, this we've interviewed a few people from these other companies, and this so far awesome. this is the best one. I yeah, think. so enjoy this episode and let us know what you think. Welcome back, Nitty Gritty Family. We are here with I don't know what do you call the arm injury you just explained to me? How do you survive that? He fractured and. It's whole arm. An arm explosion. Twice. It was an explosion. That's an the, arm explosion. His arm exploded twice. I He's, can't even think. I'm like, uh, my <laughs> spine hurts just thinking about we're it. We're here with Bill Brady, founder of Trumi Wireless. Yeah. And it's funny because I was telling him, I got a text from Sarah Kimmel, who is our technology expert from Nitty Gritty. And she texts me. She just says, you have to interview this guy. Trumi is amazing. I was like, okay. Well, let's do it. And then later that night, I ran into Jason Dunnigan, who works with what? you. That's not his name. The modern, the modern dad. dad. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, why haven't you interviewed my boss? I was like, you haven't introduced me to him yet. And so like in the same day, two introductions meant to be, here we are. Serendipity. <laughs> yeah. I got to spend some time with Sarah last week. What an incredible, incredible person. And of course, I had already been following all her content. Uh, she's wonderful. And and Jason, he's been on a couple times with you guys, and yeah, that's a, a huge, a huge win for Trumi that he's on our team. How long has he been with you? Since February. Okay, that's a huge win for the human race that he's alive. For sure, I'm going to go that far. <laughs> the world is I a better him. place because of it, him. oh man, I ran into him a couple nights ago. He was leaving Nordstrom. It was pretty funny. Of course, he was leaving Nordstrom. <laughs> well, he's there every night. Yeah, so he's probably working in the back, and he doesn't want to tell anybody. <laughs> So tell me a little bit about yourself. We kind of learned that you grew up in Canada, right? Yeah, from from Canada originally. Moved out to Utah in 1997 to okay. go to BYU. Now before, wow. did you explode your arm? How old were you when you exploded <laughs> your arm? arm I was uh, 15. Okay. 15 when I did that. You're crazy. <laughs> These hockey players, they just don't have a pain tolerance, so... That's right. Anyways, so you came down to, yeah. to BYU to go to school? Yeah. So I had done my freshman year of school in Canada okay. at York University in Toronto. Uh, then I was uh, I was gone away for a couple of years, came back and decided 
I'm going to go to BYU. I, I hadn't considered that growing up, but the, uh, the idea came and I realized I want to do that. My parents had gone to BYU. Okay. Uh, they're both Canadian. They'd gone to BYU, but literally moved back to Canada as soon as they graduated. I got to BYU for my second year of school and within three months knew I would stay in Utah. I loved it. Why? For one, I loved the mountains. Okay. The mountains were just, they called to me, if you, if you will. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm an outdoorsman at heart. Me um, too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> See, that's why you and Jason get along. because yeah. uh, I, well, I told them earlier, well, my idea of camping is a crappy hotel. Yeah. They're more into fonts than they are camping. <laughs> there you and outdoors. go. Old yeah. English. Or what, what was his tattoo? What did he say? Comic, Comic Sans. <laughs> He's like, it's not old, like old English, a little too gangster. I wasn't from West Valley. I was Taylorsville. So it was Comic Sans. <laughs> the biggest thing I, that attracted me here, there's a difference in the, uh, I don't want to sound overly dramatic, but a difference in the human spirit, if you mm. will. I okay. love Canadians. I love Canada, love Canada, and I miss it. But I, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Okay. And can, Canadians, just by nature, are a little bit more pessimistic. It's the snow. It's the it, cold. Well, it, Further it's, north. It's funny that you say that. There, yeah. There's actually a, a great Canadian literary critic, a guy named Northrop Fry, who talked about the garrison mentality of Canadians. Right. You know, it just, Canadians started with, we just have to hunker down and get through the winter. Right. It's just a, it's just, let's just... To Keep to ourselves and survive. Con contrast that with the United States where it's, we're going to conquer everything. We're going to conquer <laughs> the British. We're going to conquer the wilderness. We're going to conquer a Western expansion. And, and, and then sit on the beach after. <laughs> so, but that shows up. I, I know I, I don't want to get too philosophical, but that shows up in the spirit of the American dream. So when I was starting my first business... I told my parents what I was doing and I was leaving, you know, a, a good full-time job to do it. And my dad... What his, was this, after college? This was at the end of college. So yeah. what were you doing? What was your good job? So I was a uh, public relations director for a, an international software company based wow. here. And um, so I told my dad that I was leaving that to go start an agency and... My dad's response was... A PR agency? Uh, it was a marketing agency. Okay. Yeah. And my dad's response was, oh, gee, son. Uh, <laughs> I, don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a good idea. And it was 10 reasons why it was not a good idea and doomed to failure. <laughs> you oh, know, wow. that broke it down for con you. Contrast that with, you know, I would tell my American friends, hey, this is what I'm planning on doing. And it was just the opposite. It was awesome. Go for it. That's so cool. And, and that sure. shows up in just the attitude. Especially of, in Utah. Like the entrepreneur community is, we talked about it a lot in here. For sure. How, you know, it is, it's, it's unique, it's special. Yeah, no question. So that, that was one of the things I, I picked up on just that vibe and cool. I, I liked the energy here. Okay. So how did you get into PR? So uh, when I was at, when I transferred to BYU, uh, I was figuring out what I wanted to do. Up in Canada, I had started my studies with political science and English, and I was going to be a lawyer. And, uh, and then I was going to, my plan was to be a lawyer 
and then the youngest member ever of the House of Commons, and then Prime Minister. Like that was my that was my life plan. That's what you were gonna do. We gotta back up for a second. (laughs) There's a lot behind this. Yeah. So where did all of that how many brothers and sisters? I've got an older brother and a he, twin sister. Okay, so he's the jerk we were talking about earlier. <laughs> he's the skinny jerk. Yeah, he's the skinny tall jerk. So, we're, politics, like lawyer, like yeah. I mean, to know that you want that before you go to school and to go to a different country to go to school, like where did all that drive come from? Yeah, so so that was the surprise of this this nudge I got to go to BYU. That was the surprise because it was a complete departure from my life plan, but I've always been interested in politics. So I've been the student body president of every school I've ever attended, including BYU. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've just always been fascinated by, by politics. All of a sudden, I don't think your brother is that big of a jerk anymore. (laughs) I think you are just fine. (laughs) Like you got what it's like, God was like, I'm going to make him a little bit shorter. So he has to work a little harder (laughs) and look where it took you. So, yeah, that that was a great experience. So I was I was actually the first international student to ever be elected as student body president Holy at BYU. Crap. How cool is that? But, but I'll tell you, are the, Canadians really foreign students though? <laughs> I mean, aren't we all kind of the same people? I'll we just you, need to make it one big country: Mexico, Canada, <laughs> and the U.S. Anyway, sorry. Something funny about that though: after I was elected, I actually had a couple people come up to me and say. Hey, you pulled the you pulled the wool over our our eyes. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, we didn't know you were from Canada. <laughs> are you serious? Yes. That I and, and the first time it happened, I laughed, and the guy says, "I'm not joking." Wow. <laughs> wow. Harsh. Yeah. Well, that just means they didn't even look at a picture or do any research. They're just like, oh, international student. Like, we'll vote for him, right? Is that, was that what he was they, saying? Or they didn't know I was an international student at all. I don't know. Uh-oh. Clearly, they, he, so. he hadn't heard me talk, or he would have heard out and about and out about. A sorry. and everything. Sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Sorry, eh? Yeah. Physio. Uh, physio. Like you just said. I just, yeah, I just said that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. So, I ended up in Utah, and okay. uh, you had asked about public relations. Yeah. So, when I, when I got to BYU, I just, I started taking some, some communications classes uh, and loved them. Okay. And I applied to two programs. They were both limited enrollment programs, uh, the, the marketing program and the public relations program. So I applied to both, was accepted to both, and then I had to choose. And I chose the, the PR path because I loved the focus on strategy and uh, just well-suited to my Is background. That government side. That you, yeah. I don't know. It might maybe just kind of that, that political thinking was part of that. Yeah. Um, but I, I loved it. And in, and in Canada, where I grew up, uh, there was a huge focus on writing when I was in school. Like I was writing 30-page papers my senior year of high school. I never did that at BYU. Like oh. not once. But I loved it. Loved it. I loved just that art of taking an idea and arguing for it and persuading someone. So that would be fun, but I'd have to talk. I can't write it. Yeah. It'd be so fun. Like I always wish I did like more debate because it just would have been so fun to be given a topic and just have to argue it just for the simple fact of arguing. That would be so fun. Yeah. No. When you say, right, do you mean like with a pen? (laughs) <laughs> or were you on a keyboard? This at this, this point? was Word Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Word perfect. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Just making sure. So I yeah that that was kind of 
I got into the PR program, okay. graduated. I quickly knew that I wasn't going to do PR long-term. Why? Like, the whole part of PR, if you're, if you're getting into PR as your focus, you spend the first years of your career groveling to editors. Sure. And, and that wasn't me. Like, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. I wanted to come up with the ideas, come up with the strategies. So right out of school, you know, I had that, that corporate PR job. Uh, but then I, I quickly, with a friend that I was in the program with, we started uh, an agency and we took everything that we had learned from public relations strategy and turned that into a brand strategy methodology. So, that wasn't that popular back then. Like marketing agencies have become more popular recently, but I feel like probably when you did that, I was probably a little out of the ordinary, wasn't it? Um, there were There were definitely marketing agencies around, but the focus on brand yeah. being more than identity that was kind of different okay and but but that's so essential you know a, a, a brand is not a logo it's a, a brand is everything behind the logo For sure and that's what we found passion in uh, in crafting so we grew that agency for 11 years uh, and then sold it to a competing agency Okay. Uh, and uh, then I went over there as one of the partners in, in that firm and did that for another 10 years. Oh, wow. And, uh, and then, so after 20 years in the agency world, that's when I was like, okay, I've got I've to shift gears. That's a grind. The, age, the, oh, the marketing agency world is it's a grind. So the firm that bought you, were they just a local firm that's larger? Yeah, they were larger. Um, so we had about uh, 15 people at our at our our height. Okay. The firm that bought us had about 35 or 40 people at the time, and it was a good marriage because their focus was on creative and web development. Our focus was on research, strategy, and and messaging. Okay. And so it was a it was a a beautiful union. And Who was the firm? At the time, it was called Eli Kirk. Okay. Um, in subsequent years, it became EKR because we did another acquisition and bought a firm called Riser, uh, and uh, that had had its roots in in Los Angeles and did work for some phenomenal brands. And that that got us into doing work with with companies like Google and Netflix, and and uh, so we really grew at, at our at our biggest. We got up to about eighty people. Oh wow! And. Uh, when, what were you doing specifically? Like, what was your day-to-day -day like there? So I was the president of the firm. Okay. So I did a lot of business development. Okay. And I also just, you know, helped oversee our, our operations, obviously. And I also, at a high level, oversaw our, our brand strategy team. I had a, I had a VP of, of brand strategy who was phenomenal. He did a great job. Uh, but uh, because that was my passion and I wanted to keep some some feeling of actually being in it, not just managing it. You know, I worked closely with him on, on projects now and then. Okay. Very cool. So when did like, I mean, it sounds like you were pretty entrenched in that world. How, when did you start thinking, okay, it's time for a change? So I went back to school, um, back in, in 2017, uh, I had I had kicked the idea of doing an, a, an executive MBA down the road, just year after year. Oh, I'll, I, I'll do that next year. I'll do that next year. I'll do that next year. In 2017, it was kind of this feeling of, I'm not getting any younger. And if I'm going to get any value from doing an MBA, I should do it now. Hmm. Um, 
So I went to, went back to school. I actually went to the University of Utah. <laughs> I saw that on, I saw that on his LinkedIn. I was just like, oh no. And, uh, no, no, no. and they the U loved it. Like oh, yeah. student body president from BYU and he's oh, choosing yeah. the U. The first international student yeah. body president. So why did you choose the U? So the the U's executive program is phenomenal. Yeah. It's, I've had actually quite a it's few friends phenomenal. Going it. Yeah. And I had gone to info sessions for both and you know, I love BYU and I cheer for BYU. It's like, that hasn't changed. Yes. You know, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm wearing the ring right now. Yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, just in terms of that program, I, I decided that you had the offering that was a better fit for me. Okay. Right. So did you stop work to do that full time then? No, did the executive program. Okay. And uh, yeah, I had a great experience. So every, every second weekend I was in school all day Friday, all day Saturday. Okay. And so get through that and that kind of unlock something else like, okay, it's time to go. Yeah. So through that, one of the reasons I wanted to do the, the executive MBA was to really refine my quantitative skills. I was a great communicator. I loved strategy. I, I kind of had that part of business down, but I wanted to, to really get deeper on my quantitative skills, accounting and statistics and finance, that kind of thing. And really discovered a, a passion for some of those things as I did the program and realized that I wouldn't have an opportunity to, to really build something and use those skills in my current situation. And, uh, and I, I was attracted to the idea of building something from scratch. And uh, in 2019, I had, I had graduated um, and just started having this feeling of, I'm tired. I'm tired of this agency grind. And then what really changed was 2020, March of 2020, the pandemic started, my mom passed away, I turned oh. 45, and it was kind of this midlife crisis. Yeah. This feeling of, there are other things I want to do, and if I'm going to do it, now's the time. So I left everything I was doing and said to my wife... Did she give you a 10-point reason on why not to do it just like your dad no <laughs> what's a 10 point don't wait, wives usually say uh pull your head out of your no, he, he said when his dad found out he was like he gave oh yeah yeah, 10, yeah that's right that's 10 right. bullet points on why he wasn't a good no, idea wives don't have to do that they just get to speak their minds yeah and and my wife her name's heidi she is an incredible incredible woman in over the years so i've been self-employed you know most of my career mm -hmm. And she's always been just 100% supportive. She's more risk averse than I am. But when I, when I told her my vision in March of 2020 of, hey, I want to leave, leave EKR and, uh, and start this, this new company, uh, her response was, you're telling me you're going to leave this, this job in the worst unemployment rate since the Great Depression? The world is shutting down and you're going to walk away from something stable? And I said, if I have your blessing. <laughs> and, uh, and to her credit, her response was, you've always taken care of us. Go for it. Wow. And uh, so I did. And, uh, and that's when I started working on this new, this new venture. So where does this... I listen to Tony Robbins all the time. It's like, if you're not growing, you're dying type thing. Like where yeah. it seems like you like to like have these, the word companionship inventory keeps kicking in, but it's not <laughs> a companionship. It's like this 
awareness of like, I'm done with this chapter. I want to start a new one. Like, where does that come from? Because it seems like that kind of happens. You like have a little bit of reflection. Yeah. And you're like, you're just challenging yourself. Can I, I'll, I'll tell you something that I don't talk about a whole lot. Um, I've shared this with another friend who's actually adopted the practice, but now, now all nitty gritty listeners will get to hear oh, it too. Yes. So every six months I do something I call a walkabout and I get up in the mountains, which is my happy place. And, uh, by myself, I spend a couple days, wow, uh, reflecting and I, I ref- reflect on how am I doing personally? You know, my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my kids. How am I doing spiritually? My relationship with God. How am I doing professionally or in terms of self-actualization? Am I doing the things that, that I want to do? Or how am I doing at those things? And I, you know, kind of leave those couple days with some great clarity of, hey, I'm doing okay in, in this spot and this spot and this spot. <clears throat> Excuse me. Or, man, you are just, you got to make some improvements here and here and here. And, and I just, I get that clarity and I write everything down and yeah, that's it. Is there beer involved <laughs> for clarity? You know? Lo- lots <laughs> of diet Mountain Dew. That, so I, I'm so curious what this looks like. Like, what are we sleeping in? What are we eating and drinking? Music? Yeah. Like, do you have any, any sort of like modern electronic or anything with you or is it just you want quiet you want uh, mostly it's quiet but I, yeah. I i will take like a bluetooth speaker right and do some music or you know uh whether it's listening to uh talks or right. you know podcasts that kind of thing um but mostly it's just me and my computer and a list of questions that i'm going through and just wow. letting letting the thoughts come always by a campfire Right. And I sleep under the stars. I don't, I do not sleep in a tent ever. Why? <laughs> you gotta have the, Ew, why? <laughs> you've got to have the, I'm just blanket. curious why you're so like, I think it's like, cool. I, it's awesome. But that part, like you, you're very, what's the word? Wow. I can't think of words today again. Um, no intentional, <laughs> like no, like no tent. <laughs> that's the, that's my favorite part of camping is, is you're laying there and I do sleep on a cot. So I'm not on the ground. I, I do take a cot. So I'm on a cot oh, <laughs> and I'm staring up into the sky and it's like this blanket of stars. And for me, that's very centering. I just love it. That's awesome. It's so cool. Where, when did you start this? <sighs> Eight or 10 years ago. Where did it, like, did anybody give you the idea or is it kind of your own spin on something else you heard or what? I mean, you know, I don't recall. Wow. I don't recall. I, Are you I sell spots I next rem- year because <laughs> I'll come up. <laughs> we'll just do a little campgrounds like a hundred yards apart from each other. We'll meet at the campfire. Just wake it a, a true retreat. That would actually be pretty fun. It would be yeah. fun. I do remember the first time I did it. My, my wife and kids had gone to Oregon. And to visit her family. And for whatever reason, I don't remember, I had some commitment, I couldn't go. And so I was home and feeling like, well, this, this sucks. And, uh, and just stir crazy on a whim, I decided I'm going to Zion national park. Wow. And, uh, so I just, you know, 
packed a cooler and threw stuff in the in in my car and, and went down to Zion and spent a couple of days and was blown away by how refreshing it was. The place is amazing. So I did almost die on that trip. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, I've had I've had a few you know near death experiences in my life and this was one where all the little signs on the trails in Zion's like do not go off the trail. Right. right. And I, but I love hiking waterfalls because of what I did when I was a kid in Northern Ontario. Mm-hmm. And so I see this, this waterfall coming down this little stream and I thought, oh, that's cool. I'll just, I'll just climb up that way. And I get into this, this terrain where I'm scrambling like five foot and six foot tall boulders. And I have the worst asthma attack of my life. Oh my gosh. And I don't know if you've ever had asthma. Uh, I have like uh, activity induced asthma. So when I was playing hockey, I always had to have yeah. an inhaler on the bench. Right. And uh, there I am on this trail. I had disobeyed the signs saying, don't go off the trail. Like this is a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm, I remember just laying on this boulder, staring up at the sky, panicking, trying to breathe and saying, well, God, this is it. Like, if you don't want me to die, now's the time to intervene because I can't do this. Wow. And uh, anyway, that was another one of those things for that what, trip. But what happened? what happened? Yeah. How are you, you still here? <laughs> no. So I just had this, this, uh, this feeling of just relax, just relax. Power and of I, prayer, man. And, yep. It, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. And, and I just, I found the, somehow the mental ability to try and slow my breathing down. Cause when you're having an asthma attack, oh, the harder gosh. you breathe, the harder it is. Yeah. And so I just tried not to panic and slowly my lungs kind of worked through down. it. Yeah. Wow. And then, and, and I, it's funny that you say the metaphor thing. I came, <laughs> I came off the trail and took a picture of yep. the sign and said, I'll be able to use this when, I, <laughs> when I'm teaching some boy scouts one day. That's exactly right. <laughs> Got to obey the signs, man. Wow. What a cool story. So was the idea of Trumi in one of these walkabouts? And why isn't it called a walkabout? A walkabout. He did say walkabout. No, he said walkabout. It was too American yeah, for me. I've, I've, I want to hear more of a walkabout. I've lost, a, <laughs> I've lost my accent. <laughs> Just keep about because it's like the one word we relate. Like all Americans, like I love when you like, say it like, hey, and they go, a boot. I'm like, that's not how they say it. But it is such a, it's like sorry and a boot. Sorry, a boot and, yeah. uh, and bag. You know, you get, put your equipment in your hockey bag. It, your bag, yeah. <laughs> the bag. Yeah. I haven't heard that one yeah. before. So I, I have That's a niece that, uh, that moved out here from Canada. She lived with us while she went to BYU last year. And, uh, and she was in the kitchen and she said to my, we were putting away food. And she said to my, my wife, do you want me to put this in a bake? <laughs> and my wife's like, That's awesome. what? in a what? And like, honestly didn't know what she was talking about. And I was like, a bag. <laughs> we say bag here. <laughs> um, no, the whole, the whole genesis of, of Trumi, first of all, my background as a communicator always has, has had me really sensitive to how do, how do we communicate? Uh, you know, in, in studying PR, studying marketing, I was always conscious of those things, but I, I still remember being in BYU. This is back in 97, 98, and being in like my first communications theory class. And even back then, this is pre-smartphone, it's pre-social media, pre-texting, like cell phones were around, but not everyone had them. Yep. Uh, 
email. I got home from having served uh, an LDS mission and emails, email started while I was gone. Yeah. And, uh, and so I get to BYU and, you know, email was, was the thing. And, and even then I was really sensitive about, hey, this is changing the way we communicate. And I wrote a paper in one of my classes about the dehumanization or the dehumanizing effect of technology wow. on relations back then. Wow. And so I watched in, as a marketer in fascination and, you know, I was giddy about all the tools that we were getting as marketers with the advent of smartphones and, and social media, but I was also horrified. Yeah. Uh, you know, looking at the effect on adults for one, but especially on children. And, uh, you look like you're going to say something. No, I, I'm fascinated <laughs> by it because it's like it, you're so ahead of the curve on that one. It, it uh, yeah, I was even bugged when when people started texting. I was one of the people saying, "No, st- use punctuation. Like you, <laughs> you can still you can still use right. complete sentences." And wow. uh, you are an old soul. <laughs> I mean, really, it's awesome. No, I, it's funny. I'm Mr. ADHD, like I should not care, but I really do care about text, like spell things right, use punctuation. I mean, I still make mistakes, but I do care. I can't stand it when it just all runs together. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. And I, and I tell my kids that and they're like, oh, dad, I can't, I'll, I'll actually be telling them, you know, if they've got a question about how to say something to someone and I'll, I'll be coaching them on it and, and uh, dictating it. And then I look at what's on the screen. I'm like, that's, that's not what I said. <laughs> and, and how come there's no punctuation here in 35 words? You know, anyway. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so where did Trumi come from then? Or, and when? Yeah. So in, uh, I left everything I was doing in March of 2020. When you uh, left, did you have an idea of what you were going to I knew it was into? something I wanted to explore. Okay. Um, my daughter, we had given my daughter uh, a, a safe phone. Like I, I hadn't, I'd held off on giving my kids devices okay. uh, because I was concerned, you know, the obvious concerns, sure. pornography, violence, most people are concerned about those things. I was also really sensitive about, I don't want my kids just spending all their time on screens. I don't want the screen to be the default for life. Right. I want them playing outside, getting into mischief like I did when I was a kid, having the kid experience. So, for example, Heidi and I had decided when we got married that we weren't going to do video games, you know, that we wouldn't have gaming systems in our house for that very reason, you know, that we didn't want our kids just defaulting to a screen every time they had free time. You haven't seen the new NHL games. That was a big mistake. (laughs) I haven't. I haven't. No, it's smart. There's nothing, there's nothing, yeah, there's nothing bad about that decision. I, I did have a business partner at one point <laughs> that, uh, oh, I forget what system it was, but he brought some system into our office that had Halo on it. Oh, yeah. And it was, was like, Xbox. This is kind of fun. Like, yeah. <laughs> Halo was like the last true, like, social game because <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't live yet, you know, where everybody can just play online. Like you all, like my cousins and my uncles and stuff, we used to get like 12 people together, all bring our own TV, pack into a garage. Oh my goodness. And play, and it was so much fun. But I mean, you're with people like, yeah. 
but once that went away, it's just not, yeah. I still, I can still hear the music in my head. Yeah. So that, that was just kind of some early decisions we made in our, uh, in our marriage. And, but I'd given my daughter, you know, so she was 12 and, and we hadn't given her any kind of device yet. And I gave her, you know, one of the, the safe phones that was on the, on the market, talk and text only. And within 30 days. Well, how long ago was this? Uh, this is a couple years ago. Okay. She's 14 now. Okay. And at first she was excited. Like the day, the day that I gave it to her, she was excited. Within 30 days, she never had it with her, ever. Wow. It sat on the kitchen counter. And, uh, and I said, hey, Jenna, you got to give me some feedback here. I thought you were excited about this. I wanted to be able to get a hold of you and I can't because you don't have it with you. And uh, she kind of sheepishly said, dad, it's not that useful to me. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, kids don't, you know, talk on the phone and I can text. Sure. But I can't do any of the stuff I really want to do. And I said, well, you know, we're not doing social media. So give me a sense for what are those things you want to do? And she said, I love photography. That's my, that's my passion. Mm. But the camera on this phone, uh, it's not really doing it for me, you know, in terms of picture quality. This is a 12 year old. Yeah. She's Man. a, this is my, this, this is, is my your old 12. soul. This is this, your 12 year old. Yeah. She is my, totally clone. right. She is, she is our, the old soul. <laughs> that our is family. so cool. She's 12 with the responsibility factor of like an 18 year old. Like she was, she's <laughs> always was been an old soul. I'll so, bet. <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> And, and then she, and I said, what else? And she said, I love graphic design. I'd like to have a graphic design app. And I'm thinking, okay, that, that's, I'm good with that. She said, I'd like to have some kind of an app for a Photoshop tutorial. And then, uh, you know, in our family, we try and, we try and read scriptures. And she said, dad, I can't even read my scriptures on this thing. Oh, that was it. She won. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. And, and she so knocked the, you out. She's smart. Oh, that, yeah. that was it. <laughs> Save that for last probably yeah. too. It, it was last. It, it, listen. We need it, to have her on the podcast. Oh, she'd love that. That would be really yeah, she, fun. Yeah, she could carry a conversation. Oh, that's amazing. And uh, so that's when I started thinking there's got to be a better, a better way. Because I'm all about safety. I think it is great. If you're going to give a young kid a phone, it should be talk and text only. But it's also clear that as kids grow at earlier and earlier ages now, they need other tools. Yeah. My kids by sixth grade, they have to have email for school. Digital classroom apps, especially during the pandemic. Every school is using some kind of a digital classroom app. My kids need access to that. Uh, and then for all of the dangers and risks that come with kids in technology, you know, the pornography, the violence, the screen addiction, the stress, anxiety, depression, if you spend too much time on that stuff, despite all that stuff, there are great things that technology can do in terms yeah. of helping them explore their, their hobbies, ex discover new passions, new talents. Learn uh, how to do anything. I, I mean, think of everybody probably had encyclopedias at their house at one time when we were little. Yeah. We you know, like the, the world. Books. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's like 1200 bucks and it's like it outdated was. three months later. Yeah. And it's just like the amount of information that's available to kids is, I mean, phones and internet, they're one and the same. It's like, yeah, there's this whole dangerous path you can take, but there's all this incredible stuff too. So that, that was exactly the vision right. was how do we, how do we give kids a device that protects them from the garbage, but gives them access to the things that would be enriching and empowering 
and, and frankly, prepare them for the future. Because every kid has got to know how to, you know, use technology with discipline and responsibility by the time they leave home. Right. And that was another aspect of it for me, having talked to a lot of kids and talked to other parents was this feeling of if you keep a kid completely bubble wrapped, so they have no access to the internet and no access to apps, and you keep them there until they're 16 or 17, I'm here to tell you, they're going to be addicted to pornography two weeks later. Amen. So that, that, the, the vision for Trumi was let's graduate kids, start them with a limited experience, but graduate them into more and more responsibility as the parent determines that their needs and their maturity have evolved. And so we built an operating system to do that. Which is exactly what, uh, why is her Sarah. name? Sarah said, right? It's like, uh-huh. you don't avoid risk altogether. You avoid risk by some, you know, communication and le- letting them learn to use it. Like you got to protect them. But, but like you said, like in stages, so it's not just red light, red light, red light, red yeah. light, green light, you know, and when we can't help, right? you know, when they get a little older. So it's, it's so smart. So as you're thinking of this, I mean, cause this is a far cry from branding. <laughs> so when you go branding to operating system, yeah, but handy to have. Very handy right. to have from the company, but like from a technical standpoint and then thinking there's some pretty big names. There's some pretty big players yeah. in the space. I mean, how did you have the confidence? How did you, like, what was your first step? So looking at the space, uh, I knew that there was a hole in the market. I knew that there was an opportunity. The big players, you know, the carriers themselves, uh, you know, Android itself, Apple itself, everyone had some level of solution out there, mm-hmm. uh, but nothing that was as safe as it needed to be. Like one of the things I learned talking to kids was that there are, there are children, young people in every high school in Utah and every other state, I assume, that get paid to undo the parental controls on iPhones. Wow. You know, you show up to school and say, hey, here's, here's my phone and a hundred bucks. And at the end of the day, Don't you can do whatever and, you want. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that was one of the things I learned was, yeah, there are solutions out there, but it's kind of looking at the two ends of the spectrum. It's either the Wild West or it's so locked down that it's not really practical for, for kids as they grow. Um, and, and so this, this, this market need was safety meets flexibility, safety meets empowerment. And you're right. You know, I, my background is in branding, but I, you know, as, uh, as a partner in a marketing agency, a couple of marketing agencies for, for 20 years, I'd also been around developers and, you know, at least at arm's length, been involved in hundreds of development projects. So I was familiar with what needed to happen. Uh, and there was a gentleman that I'd worked with, uh, at one point, uh, a guy named Dave Priest, uh, that from the, from the day I met him, he and I just felt this simpatico, this alignment of values. And he is a technologist. Uh, you know, he's got his own software patents. He's been through the process and building, you know, a, a software company where he was employee number six and they grew it, you know, to what was almost a billion dollar exit. And, and I reached out to Dave and, and said, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. 
why don't we get together and brainstorm what it could look like? And through that process, uh, I asked him if, you know, if he wanted to do this together. And uh, so he became my business partner and, and we, we embarked on the journey. Is there any fear in telling a guy like that, your idea, somebody who has the ability to, to do it, to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, typically, but my, uh, this guy you knew my well. relationship with him was, was such that I, I had a pretty good feel for his integrity and, good. and trusted that, that that would not be an issue. That's awesome. Yeah. So when was this? That was, uh, by the time, by the time we really decided to get started, that was June, June of 2020. Okay. Uh, so I started, you are, sorry, but you are a man, you're, you're a man of faith. Like, I mean, to stop in March, I mean, March, April, May, uh, that's a little, little scary, you know, three months. And then it just kind of hit. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I had to have some income. So I was doing some consulting on the side okay. and, uh, you know, uh, in those, that first, yeah, that first, I don't know, however long it was, six or nine months, um, I was doing some consulting and, and, uh, still had some, some money coming in that way, but knew that, uh, you know, trying to get to that point where I was all in on, on, uh, on Trumi. So I started from, from the beginning building the brand and, you know, figuring out our, our go-to-market strategy. Uh, Dave, uh, you know, he and I jointly crafted, hey, what does this product need to look like in terms of the functionality it offers? And then he ran with that and oversees our development team and, and really has been in the day-to-day of getting it built. And, uh, and it's been awesome. So, you know, fast forward to today and... You know, we've gone through the beta process. We're in general availability. We've got customers in 30 states and it's, it's happening. So, so well, your product was more of the operating system, not like the device itself. Correct. Yeah. Um, interesting that you brought that up. You know, the operating system is really what makes Trumi Trumi. No question. Uh, it's, it's the flexibility and the power of the, of the operating system, the, tr- the control that it gives parents. Uh, we put that on Samsung devices. One of the part of the feedback we got from kids was they want to have a device where they don't stand out. You know, they're, they're not the, the kid that's like, oh, you've got a, flip you've phone. got a, a, yeah. a flip phone or a safe phone. They want to blend in. Right. So, you know, we, we chose a couple of Samsung devices. One is the Galaxy A12. It has a 16 megapixel camera and we sell it for 179 bucks and it comes with our operating system on it. The other one is the Galaxy A32 has a 48 megapixel camera and we sell it for $279 and it comes with our operating system on it. So, you know, with, with Samsung devices like that, yeah, it's, it's not something that a kid would feel sheepish about, embarrassed about, you know, they've, they've got a real smartphone, uh, and it's got, you know, depending on how the parents set things up, you know, for a young kid, it might be a very limited experience of talk and text, but for an older kid, they're, they're not going to have social media. Right. Uh, and their, their browser might be limited to, you know, certain domains that their parents designate, but they're having the full experience. For sure. So what is the, I mean, as you saw this whole, 
I mean, Sarah talked a lot about, you know, there's the Gab wireless, there's the pinwheel phones, right? So, I mean, so there's a handful of competitors out there. Yeah. What, what is it about Shroomy that kind of they, it, differentiates itself? Yeah. yeah. That, you yeah. Know, that, that makes you stand out. Like, what was that hole? What was that problem that those companies specifically weren't solving? Yeah. So Gab is great. Gab, you know, you see Gab's name everywhere. And, uh, and Gab's done a great job and it's been a wonderful solution for a lot of families, uh, especially families, I think with younger kids where, you know, talk and text is sufficient. Uh, so, you know, in comparison there, it was, how do we start with that, but not have the kids growing out of it? How do we, how do we stay relevant? How do we stay practical for those families? Um, and so it, it, it was this notion of it's got to grow with the kid. So that's, okay. that's the differentiation there. Pinwheel, uh, is, uh, they've got a great operating system. They've done a good job of creating, uh, kind of this, this ability to grow. Uh, the problem with pinwheel is, is it's not a phone service. It's just software. And, and so that ends up being really expensive. You know, with pinwheel, you have to buy the phone from them. It comes with the operating system on it. You pay them every month for the operating system, but then by yourself, you've got to go get that phone put on a network. A, a network. And so that's, it's a hassle and it ends up being more expensive. So when you say it needs to grow, what does that mean? Like, you know, like, like how, do, how does it grow? The functionality grows. So as a, as a kid's needs evolve, and I always tell parents, be very intentional. You know, the, the problems with kids and technology happen when kids have more access than they need. But those needs really do start developing at a younger and younger age now. Like I use that example of by sixth grade, my kids have had to use email. And so that's, that's the experience that we've created in what we call the Trumi Parent Portal. All the controls for the phone are off the device you know, they're, they're, they're through a web app we call the parent portal that you can access from any device that you're on, your phone, whether that's iOS or Android or, or a desktop. And, and that's where you can cater the experience that your child has, the environment that they have. You can cater it to their specific needs. If they don't need email, don't put it on there. If they don't need a browser, don't put it on there. If, but if, if you want them to start going to certain websites, for example, you enable what we call our kids smart browser. We built that. And in the parent portal, you just list the websites that you're say, you're, you're, you think are safe for them. You know? And we vetted, uh, I'll get to that part in a second. You would, you, would, you, would, you would indicate the sites that you're okay with them going to. And when they log in or when they turn on that browser, there's no search window. They get a drop down oh, of those wow. approved sites, so there's no That's risk smart. of them surfing off into Playboy.com. They can't spell that out. They can't. They can't even. That's try. smart. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so that's it's a completely safe browsing experience. If you, as the parent, have gone through and taken a look at the website ahead of time and said, "Yeah, I'm I'm good with that." That's amazing because the Apple one. <laughs> you've done the Apple one, right? Like, do, do, does Cash have an Apple phone? Uh, iPod, yeah, here's an iPod. iPod, like it is, it's intense. Like it's so, um, it's just so overcrowded of like 
every little control. Like it just needs to be simple and clean. And it sounds like what you're talking about is exactly what. If it's too hard to use, you don't use it. Guys. It's like, just have Safari, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) My oldest daughter, uh, before I got into this industry, we had given our oldest daughter, she got to an age where she needed to have, you know, a a phone. Her very first one was a flip phone. But then uh, at some point we gave her an, an iPhone and I have all the controls on it. Right. To this day, there are things that she'll say, hey, dad, can you approve such and such for me? And I don't know how to do it. Really? Like it's that complex that I have to be like, ah, okay, I'll figure it out. Like it's just, it's complex. Yeah. And so when we were, when we were crafting the, the Trumi experience, it was how do we make this user experience so easy that people don't have to think about it? It's just obvious. I want to control the, you know, the, the call settings or the text settings. It's as plain as day. That's one of the things that's important for us too. Uh, in another dif- differentiator, is there are other solutions out there where, yeah, your your kid may be limited to talk or text, but there's no control over who can call or text them. To us, that's a problem. Yeah, that is a problem. Um, okay. And uh, and I saw that with my daughter's phone, where she was getting spam calls and you know, unintended callers all the time. So in uh, one of the options available in Trumi is to set up what we call a safe list. And as the parent, inside the parent portal, you say, hey, I'm okay with Uncle Cam talking to Jenna. And here's his name, here's his phone number. And then that phone will accept calls and texts from Uncle Cam and Jenna can call Uncle Cam and text Uncle Cam, but you know if he's not on the list, it's not happening. Um, and that list for a young kid, maybe there's ten numbers on it. Sure. For an older kid, maybe there's seventy-five numbers on it. And when a kid gets to be fourteen, fifteen, and you don't, you know, they they know how to identify. Hey, this might be dangerous. Then you can turn off that safe listing altogether and just put them into the regular Android okay. dialer. So that's, so that's the growing. growing. Okay. It's, it's, it's catering the environment to meet their needs. We do the same thing with, with apps. I think that was my next question. Is What is the app store? Are they apps that only you guys have created, or do they have access to an app store? Yeah. So uh, this is my favorite part. So there, there are, in addition to the operating system, there are three apps that we created. Uh, the web, the kids smart browser, the kids smart messenger, oh, and wow. the kids smart dialer, and it's those three apps that allow you to have a, a very very powerful safe listing experience. When it comes to other apps, kids need access to the mainstream apps if they are safe. So what we do is we identified with the help of our community, what are the apps that you think should be available for your kid? The digital classroom apps like Google Classroom, Canvas, Blackboard, uh, music apps, Spotify, Spotify Kids, Apple Music. LDS Tools, uh, Gospel Library. We do have Gospel Jenna, Library. Jenna, good job, Jenna. The, yes. <laughs> and uh, saleswoman right there. <laughs> that was a great story. And. S- but there's no app store on the phone. That's so a, yeah. nowhere on the phone can a kid look for, okay, what apps are available and how do I add them? All of that experience happens in the parent portal. So we get recommendations from our community for apps that would be good. 
we take them through a very thorough vetting process. Are there back doors to an internet browser? Are there loopholes where a bully or a predator could get in? Uh, and and we, we get to a, a feeling of confidence of, okay, this is a safe app for us to provide to our community. So how many apps do you have? Right now we've got 48. Okay. And that will eventually be 500. Sure. I mean, we add stuff every week. And that's awesome that you're talking again about the growth, right? Like they need apps. Yes. They need to be able to do stuff, right? Especially as 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 they get older. Now, like Tay and Dodger need like Gmail with Google Drive. Yeah. so like oh, yeah. Google Drive, Google Sheets, Google Docs, Google Slides. My oh, kids wow. use that in school every day and they're all available on the phone. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. So are there, I mean, do you have all of the features that you want or have you rolled out the most important ones and you're working on other ones? Uh, yeah, yeah. We've got more great stuff coming. I was going to say that <coughs> yeah. your face just said it all <laughs> exclusive. He got really excited. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, th- this is actually one that's important to Sarah, Sarah and I, Sarah Kimmel and I had a long talk about this. Uh, and think of if you're, if you're a parent listening to this right now and you take time to monitor your kids usage, you've had that awkward uncomfortable experience that you hate and the kid hates of, okay, let me see your phone. I'm going to check your messages. No one, no one enjoys that. There's not a family in America that says, Hey, this is the fun part of the week. I love it. personally. <laughs> <laughs> like your little butt. Give me, give me your phone right now. Yeah. See where you screwed up. So what, uh, what we've got, uh, un, un, unveiling very, very shortly is, all that monitoring will happen right inside the parent portal. So you'll be able to see all the lines for your kids. Like I've got two kids with Trumi phones, so I I can manage them both in the parent portal. So I'll say- they can't delete anything without you seeing it. If they deleted it, I would still see it. You know, so it just automatically logs every call that's that's made, every call that's received. It doesn't record them. You just see the phone numbers. Right. Yeah. Uh, logs every text that comes in or out, every picture that's sent or received. And very soon, you'll be able to do that right in the parent portal. So and, cool. And then the the possibilities of how that grows from there, yeah, there's, some cool, there's some cool stuff coming. Very fun. Dang. You know, you said something a minute ago that I thought was really interesting, and we just kind of blew right over it. You said kids get in trouble when they have more than they need, more than what they need, or something like that. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Like, where did I mean? I guess you could kind of say that in general with just about everything, right? But it's kind of interesting to think of it in in the sense of a telephone. So, that, uh, I love that you said that because I, I think it's really really clear in in terms of a device. But yeah, that, that, that holds true for anything in life, yeah. you know? Um, if you leave the pantry open, they're going to yeah. take advantage of well, it. And, I, and, I, and I, love, I love teaching kids how to work and how to earn things. And um, yeah, so that principle applies there too. I, I, yeah, I mean, we just kind of skipped over, but if you think about it, that's, there's, there's a lot to that, especially with a kid. I heard something really interesting on this ADHD podcast I listened to today that parents of ADHD kids, like you are not an engineer because you are never going to be able to change them into the kids that you, you know, quote unquote wanted. You're a shepherd. And I think that kind of applies to your Mm -hmm. phone, right? Like it's, 
you're not, you're allowing them to be out there doing their thing, but you're just kind of watching over them. Right? Great metaphor. Great analogy. Kind of cool. When did you officially launch? So we, uh, we put up a website in March. Okay. That's when we said, hey, this is coming. And uh, by, oh, I've lost track of everything now. By June, we had uh, beta customers coming on. Okay. And just uh, at the beginning of August, wow. um, you know, we, we went from being in, in beta to general availability. So, okay. okay. So March, 2020, you just quit your deal. Yeah. And you, Trumi is not a thing in your head yet. And so here we are, a whopping 14, 15 months. months later, and full-blown, fully launched, awesome company. Wow, I'm glad you're my friend now. <laughs> <laughs> I need more smart friends. And I am definitely coming to the next uh, walkabout. The walkabout. Yeah. <laughs> I, want a, I want a genius idea. Seriously, that, I mean, that's incredible. It, it, no risk, no reward, right? I mean. Yeah. Well, it's so exciting to be so early on, like talking to you early on, because I I think there's a lot more coming. I mean, just when I asked that question, how excited you got? Kind of look like Christmas Eve on the yeah, space. Like, like I can tell there's a lot of ideas. There's a lot that you're going to. You're passionate to. about it too, which I think is really cool. So, I'll, can I'll, you make a watch that is not the size of oh my, gosh, my face? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why all the kids Seriously. watches. It's like they the have gizmos. to lift weights. Yeah, <laughs> so true. The, uh, that comment you just made about, you know, the passion on a personal note, you know, so my whole career, I have struggled with that question of meaning and I've had business partners that have gotten so tired of hearing about it, about it (laughs) (laughs) that, you know, I'm, you know, cause I'm, I'm the guy that's standing back going, what are we really doing here? Yeah. What are we really doing here? You know, and, you know, as a marketer, I've spent my career helping other people make money. And, and I've had some clients where that was a really fulfilling thing because I watched how, how invested they were into their employees and they were, cha- they were changing lives, at least for their employees and sometimes through their products and services. Um, and I had other clients where I was like, I'm just helping this guy get rich. Yeah. And I didn't feel a lot of passion around that. So my whole career, I've searched for this. How do I do something that can be a phenomenally successful company and have a phenomenal impact on people's lives? That's why I'm doing Trumi. It's the go-giver. It's the first principle, it, right? It's value. Totally right. Can it make money is not the wrong question. It's just the wrong first you, question. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you provide value Value, and let, let the Simon Sinek says this as well and start with why money's this, the, the, the side effect. Yep. It's the consequence of providing value and having an impact on someone's life. Yep. And, uh, and both my partner and I, you know, in our, in our previous experiences, you know, we've had opportunities to, to work with, with a lot of kids and we've seen some kids that have handled technology with a little success <laughs> and other kids who have really just, you know, really put themselves in a hard spot because they've robbed themselves of opportunities for the future. Yeah. Um, I did an interesting experiment a few years ago. Uh, I was a scout master at the time uh-huh. and I was trying to 
help the boys understand that there was more to life than video games. And uh, so there was this particular group of boys. I got them together and I said, guys, I've got a challenge for you. I, w- I will give anyone in this group who can stay off video games for one year, $1,000. And everyone Somebody that did something like that. That's going to be my next challenge for cash. We <laughs> did that for sugar this year and he's going to do it. Sucker. <laughs> and and I, I threw that out there and half the boys were like, are you serious? I'm like, no, I'm dead serious. $1,000, one year, no video games. When were you going to tell him it was Canadian? <laughs> <laughs> How long did you wait? I'm just kidding. And in this group of boys, only one took me up on it. The others were like, no way, that's not worth it. I'm like, $1,000 is not worth it. And, uh, and they just weren't willing to even give it a shot. One did. And after six months, I'm thinking, I, I think I'm going to be out a thousand bucks here. Cool. Awesome. Like, yeah, you know, I thought it would, sure. I, I thought it'd be pretty cool. And then he came to me a couple months later and he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Have you seen the new Call of Duty? <laughs> But that's, that's the thing. And, and, uh, yeah, just, you know, from, a from, a, a human perspective, that's just, that's been the driving force for my partner and I is let's, let's do something that really helps kids to achieve anything they want to do, right. help them find their, their limitless potential. They can't do it if they're drowning in technology and they can't do it without technology 100%. these days. Balance. So that's, that's what we've created is, is that opportunity. Right. That's so cool. I'm really excited to see how this thing plays out. I'm really excited to see how it plays I think out. It's amazing. The kid made it six months. Yeah. Should have given him a hundred bucks or something. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a long time if he was already a gamer. Wait, where did we ask, did we figure out where the name came from? Yeah. Uh, we didn't about talk that. about it. No. So uh, it's this notion of, of finding one's true self or being one's true oh, self, uh, finding yeah. your potential, achieving your potential, your true me. But if it was true me, kids would be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So to put them, you know, just kind of modernize it and make it an invented name, true me became true me. So I should change the name, my spelling. So my last name is true, but it's T-R-E-U. And I'm like, I've never thought about it being (laughs) T-R-O-O. Cameron True. Nobody would ever mess that up. It's like choo-choo train, right? (laughs) I might do that. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I, do I get free Trumi phones if I do that? I, yeah, I think you I'll can be, be I'll hyphenate. I'll be true dash. You could be our spokesperson at yes. that point. I love a phone with no apps or just a few apps. <laughs> no, what, it's such a cool idea. And I don't know whether I like the idea more or how it all came to be more. Came about. Came about. about. Yeah. About. Like, I mean, really, it's, there's so many lessons in this one. Like, we, we're just talking about this company and all this, but... I mean, so many companies like this have stories like that. I mean, it's pretty quick, but I mean, you had a ton of experience and a network of people that could help you and you could, yeah, you know, but so once you had the idea, you had the know-how how to just hit the ground running, but, but still like, it was still a risk. It was still, but oh, there was it, something it, about COVID, right? Risk. <laughs> For sure. But there was something about COVID that made us all look a little deeper I mean, it was like in March, I, I, we were closed for nine weeks. Like we had to close the dining room and man, we did some really creative things that we are still doing now. And it forced us to do that. So yeah. how cool, like what a great 
story of, of this kind of coming from that. So we're rooting for you. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. And modern dad, Jason gave us a code. So nitty gritty. So anyone who wants a phone, if they use the code nitty gritty, you get 50 bucks off. Dang. Really? Yep. Absolutely. So we're going to help spread true me. Yeah. Find your true me people. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys for having me on. It has awesome. been it has been a ball to King, be here in person with you. Let's go to the Kings game tonight. We should do that. You know they're playing tonight here. Here? Preseason game, yeah. Vegas, I did not the know Golden that. Knights against the Kings. <laughs> yeah, at the Vivid, at Vivid Arena. Oh my goodness. All right, man. Thanks for coming. Thank you guys.